Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. I'm Dave Hendrick from AnfieldIndex.com. Um, I host the Happy Hour podcast. I have a new podcast coming in the new year. Uh, I also run a show called um, All in Sports Talk with Steve Gennaro. It's allinsportstalk.com, so check us out there. Yeah, I'm Jake. I support Newcastle. I write for EPL Index and Total Dutch Football, and you can get me on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's. All right, thanks so much for joining us, guys. Up first, of course, we have Making the Rounds, where we each have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this week. Dave, there's been some ups and downs under Jurgen Klopp, but you get the win today. Mm. Yeah, good win. Uh, well, you know, any win's a good win. Um, not the best performance. Um, everything looks disjointed in attack, uh, largely because we are playing with a Christmas tree up front um, rather than an actual football player. <laughs> but, um, you know, two At least wins. it's festive. <laughs> exactly. You know, Klopp is bringing the festive mood. We beat Leicester, obviously, on Boxing Day. That was huge. Um, first team to stop them from scoring all year. First team to beat them away from home. They were top of the league, and, uh, and we managed to turn them over. And then we went to Sunderland tonight and beat them 1-0. They're obviously they're terrible, so we you know we should be beating them, um. But we have failed to to play well against the poor teams or the the lower teams recently. We had a bad result against Newcastle, bad result against West Brom, and then we got smacked at Watford. And in fairness to Watford, they're having a really good season. But we should be beating Watford. We shouldn't be losing by th- by the scoreline that we did. Um. So it's up and down, but it's to be expected. He's only been in the job a couple of months. He's dealing with a squad he didn't build. A lot of poor players in the squad that were brought in by the uh, the previous manager, but the talent is shining through, and the players who need to be replaced are you know glistening with filth, um, looking like rusty old parts on a on a, on a shiny new car. So uh, those will be replaced hopefully starting in January, but if not January, then the summer. But we're still we're confident in the top four. I think we're confident in the top four. Yeah, I know as soon as Klopp came in, there was talk of finishing even higher. You mentioned some of the dead wood there. We're heading into January. What positions would you expect to strengthen? Um, well, as I was saying to you before we started recording, we need five starters for this team to be complete. We need a goalkeeper, right-sided centre-back, holding midfield player, a pacey wide player who can cut in and score goals, and we need a striker. Um, I'm hopeful we'll bring in two of those in January. Klopp keeps saying we're not going to buy, we're not going to buy. I think that might be partially just to kind of keep a lid on things at the moment, not to discourage the current players um, and make them think that their positions are under threat because that can obviously have negative effect on their confidence. We saw that a lot under Rodgers when he'd throw players under the bus. Klopp is a bit more about you know positive reinforcement and kind of keeping spirits up. So 
I'm hopeful we'll buy. I think we need definitely to buy a centre back. Um, like Lovren's been okay the last two games, but still making a lot of positional mistakes. Um, we need a striker. Like fair enough, Benteke has scored in the last two games, but he's also missed two of the worst sitters you'll ever see in your life, and uh, he just isn't a very good football player. So, a striker and a centre back. But like, I take I take any two of the five that we need. Fair enough. And Jake, Newcastle have obviously uh, not had a year to remember here, but have you closed it out in a way that you're proud of the club? Um, yeah, before I get on to the recent performances, I think I'll just mention what is obviously the the big news at the club this week, which is sadly the uh, the passing away of pa- uh, Pavel Cernicek, the uh, goalkeeper who was part of the entertainer side. I think, you know, that's... He was forty-seven. It's just like devastating news, and it's, it's just the talk of uh, talk of Newcastle at the moment because he was so, he just under, he as a player he understood Newcastle, and you know when, when things like this happen, like football just gets put into perspective, and it's just yeah. So hopefully he gets remembered well. I'm I'm quite young, so I don't really remember him, but from what I've read about him, he was obviously quite a big part of the club, and he's a he was a big fan of Newcastle, and I think people. Um, who knew him quite well said that Newcastle was his club, it, uh, so you know that's awful news. So, yeah, hopefully some, we um, he gets remembered in some way by the club, as you know they did uh, some great stuff with the uh, remembering the two fans who passed away in on the uh, flight last uh, summer. So hopefully something similar happens for him. Um, moving on to the the football, I think yeah, 2015 hasn't been great, and I don't think we closed it off that well, despite what Steve McLaren will tell you. He says that we've played well in the last three games and that we deserve more, but you know we're we're not stupid. We we watched the games and it was kind of disappointing against Aston Villa and Everton. You could say that we deserved more and we were unlucky. I think we missed two guilt edge chances in both games. That you know if we put them away, we would have taken six points instead of one over those two games. But the West Brom game, I think that's the game that we all realised we're in a relegation fight despite, you know, what, what McLaren says or what the clubs say. We are in one because West Brom had 22 shots to our seven, which, you know, that's just not good enough. West Brom are not a very good team. Even away from home, we shouldn't be going there and get dominated like that. We've only had three shots on target in the last two games, which is just abysmal. You know, we are like Newcastle. We are, it, People can say we're deluded and stuff, but we should be doing better than that. And our, our team is better than that. We shouldn't be involved in a relegation fight. And, you know, huge concerns about that going forward. And I, it's difficult to say where the blame lines. It's hard to put it on McLaren. I, think, I still think he's a good option long term, but it's whether he gets long term. That's the question because we can't, go, we can't put up with him if he's going to like keep us down the relegation fight like for the rest of the season. Like, we, we can't leave this league. So if we leave this league with all the money coming in, we're... Like the future of Newcastle is bleak, I think, because I don't think Ashley's going to put his own money into it. So, I think McLaren needs to start turning what he thinks is hard work in performances. Fair enough, the players are working hard. It's not a lack. It's not for a lack of effort. It's for a lack of tactical awareness. I think. I think the tactics we're playing are all wrong. We shouldn't be playing with a pivot of Jack Colback and Vernon Anita. Uh, Anita's <laughs> been excellent, but Colback has just not been good this season. I think they're just too similar a player to put in a, in midfield too, especially when you've got Wijnaldum and Sissoko, who traditionally are central players. When you could bring one of those back and put Tovan on the wing or Goufran on the wing, just you know change it up a bit because it's in the centre where we're losing games. This, our defence is solid enough. I think in the last few games we've defended well, but it's it's the midfield that is just dreadful and that if we go forward with that midfield duo we are going to get relegated because it's just awful um 
yeah, it's just a huge concern. Obviously, in 2015, we've, we've only won seven games out of 38, which is just awful. Like, fair enough. We're a bit of a joke club. People like to laugh at us. They say we're deluded, but no club no club should put up with former seven wins out of 38. That is just not good enough. And, you know, I don't want to put on Steve McLaren. He's doing what he can. You could see progress sometimes. It's not enough, I think. But obviously, you know, the huge issue at the club is Mike Ashley and... Um, this next month is huge. We either, we need to sign some players, and I think we probably need a change in the boardroom. Uh, the current person who calls all the shots on the football side is Lee Charnley, and he has no history of football. He doesn't really know about the game. Uh, Kevin Keegan's come out and said that he knows absolutely nothing about football, and he's making football in decisions. So that I think he's the one who's at risk of losing his job over McLaren because everything on the football side runs through him. But yeah, it's, it's just hugely concerned. I think we are definitely in a relegation uh, fight, and I just... I struggle to see where if we are going to survive it because i just at the moment it's hard to see us like getting out of the relegation zone at all yeah we talked a little bit beforehand about uh paul dummett and how he <laughs> he might be a championship player that helps you back into the championship is that a position you'd uh, like to strengthen and may strengthen i know we've mentioned jetro willems as an option in the past uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that's our number one position to strengthen alongside central midfield. I think they're two areas that we definitely need to strengthen going forward. Um, yeah, Paul Dummett, he's he's a local, he's a local, he's a local lad. You know, he puts everything into his performances. But even when he's on the pitch, you can see the other player, his teammates are just they don't want to give the ball to him when they when they when it, when it's avoidable. You know, he makes so many mistakes. He's not that good a defender. I think he's an all right squad player to have in the Premier League, but mm. when he's your starting left back week in, week out, it's not good enough. Uh, but he's, the, he's your the version new... of John Flanagan. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's a local lad, so people give him a free pass. All Dummett but... needs to do now is score against Tottenham. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> and, and get a, a, you know one of the, the most uh, iconic tweets in history. <laughs> <laughs> that, that tweet, I, I can't remember the name of the guy who sent it, but oh, fuck off, even Flanagan has scored, is yeah. one of the all-time great moments of Spurs Twitter. Yeah, D- Dummett is is a lot worse than Flanagan, though, to be fair. Mm. He's just, the the I, thing I, is, Jake, like, your, your midfield, too, there, there'd be two fine players if you were a, a Tony Pulis-type, you know, deep bank of four with another deep bank of four and grafters in midfield and just were looking to play long ball stuff. But you've actually got some really good footballers in your squad. And having, like, Anita's a good ball player, but he does lack a little bit. Callback is just, he's a journeyman grafter. Like, he shouldn't be in the team. He's a squad player at best. But if you stuck Anita at left back, went and, which he played for Ajax, went and bought a good holding midfield player. And as you said, bring Wijnaldum back and put him in midfield where he, you know, was phenomenal in Holland um, for PSV. Put him in midfield with with a, a good holding midfield player, and bring Florian Tovon into the team. And then you've, you're going to be more creative. You're going to be better with the ball. You said before we came on 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 air, your defense is actually quite solid. Like you do have good defenders there. And Bemba looks a really really good player. You've got a really good right back. Colaccini when he's on is very good. Um, the the issue is they don't get enough protection and the, when the guys in front get the ball they don't know what to do with it there's no quality in that midfield 
no, def- definitely, one hundred percent agree with you. I think, I think tactically, Steve McLaren, he needs to he needs to address things because the midfield duo is where we're falling down. The defense was a problem at the start of the season. Colaccini was in abysmal form, but he's come back in. He's done well. He's improving. He's looking more like the Colaccini of old. And you know, we we've only conceded three goals in the last three games, and we've been absolutely like battered in in terms of possession and sort of the defense has just had so many balls thrown up at them and they've dealt with it well but there's just they can't keep clean sheets if they're just being bombarded with with attacks it's just it's just not going to happen i think definitely left back we need to strengthen in january uh you mentioned willems i i think he isn't he's been looked at uh, by the club but he's just he's quite injury prone and you know it's and then a central midfielder the sort of links have been with john joe shelby uh yeah, that's the main midfielder I've seen linked. He's not really what we need. He'd probably be an improvement on on Colback, but it doesn't really add much no, solidarity. No, no. It does, doesn't add much to the sort if of defense. John Joel Shelby is the answer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Question should never. <laughs> be wrong. Yeah. Uh, I have a suggestion. We have seventy-five central midfielders that <laughs> can't get into our side. Would you? Would you like a little Mason or, or Bentaleb or Carroll action? I, I, oh, I Tom Carroll actually look nice in that midfield. He would a, a nice deep lying passer of the ball. He's looked mm. much better back under Poch. Uh, well, in his last two starts, anyway. But uh, it, uh, the problem we have in the transfer market is how we're going to attract players to Newcastle in our current position because the play the type of players we want and we were able to get in the summer don't want to come and join us now. We're we're an A team and we're looking like we're heading for a relegation scrap. But the players I've seen linked so far, uh, Koulibaly from Napoli, apparently we made a bid and his agent said he's not going to go to Newcastle. Why would he go to a relegation fight? And then the club came out and said, it's absolute rubbish. We didn't want him anyway, which just sounds like, oh, I've gone to try and pull the <laughs> Sounds like I've something Steve Pierce would do. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've gone to try and pull the attractive girl at the bar. She rejected me. I wasn't that interested anyway. That's sort of what that sounds like. And, you know, we've been linked with Townsend numerous times as Kev and he's oh, not really answer and today Again, the most... now it looks like he's yeah. going to Sunderland to replace Jermaine Lenz who just can't get along with Allardyce because he refuses to run defensively well that's good Jermaine Lenz would be a good signing for Toon yeah, he's I got can't... a good relationship with and an actual wide player yeah can't see Sun selling anything to us. And the most audacious, <laughs> the most audacious link I've seen today coming out of the Chronicle was Lacazette. They said, "Oh, Newcastle are going to be monitoring Lacazette in January." Yeah, I'm going to mm. be, I'm going to be <laughs> monitoring. You know, the the availability of like Kelly Brook, but that's not going to happen. It's like he, they're talking about Graham Carr and his links in France and how that's how we're going to get Lacazette. Fair enough, he has links in France, but. That's not yeah, you don't have us. 35 million to spend on a striker like coming you know out who would be a good a good sign for you guys and it's probably a player you wouldn't immediately think of but I think he'd actually add quite a lot to your team is Joe Allen I think yeah he he's got the quality on the ball he's really intelligent he's got the work rate McLaren wants I think you put him in with you know even with even with Anita and he's such a big upgrade over, like, he'd be like a poor man's Kabaye. He doesn't have the long ball, you know, passing, but he's really good short passer the ball, recycles the ball well, clever, works hard, good club player. Joe Allen would be a really nice fit in that Newcastle team. I think the problem with with us at the moment is we just won't look in the Premier League for players. We're just not we're just not in that market. We're 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 looking only abroad, and it's just proven to be a downfall. 
because the managers we have just don't know how to use these players, which, like, McLaren, he's, Wijnaldum's our best player. He sticks him out at left wing. He never gets the ball. What's the point of having him there? It's You might as well just have Goof around there who would work back and give a bit more defensively. If you're going to have these players, actually play them in a positions where they can be effective. I think if we played 4-3-3, you had Tiote holding and you had Sissoko and Wijnaldum either side with maybe Perez and Toban on either flank and you have Mitrovic down the middle we're, we're, infinite, we're infinitely better we have more protection in the middle Sissoko, Wijnaldum will work back and they've got the sort of uh, ability to go forward from the centre and you've got Tiote who although he's inconsistent he's going to offer a lot more than Colback does in, in that role so I think if that's how I would go forward but I think McLaren wants this 4-4-2 to work and it's, it's just not working Alright uh, for Tottenham we are on a nice little uh, three-game win streak since our unbe- unbeaten run was snapped by a nameless club uh, that Jake supports. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the bounce back is exactly what you, you'd want to see after uh, a performance like that from us. Uh, you were just talking about how ineffective it is shoving your best playmaker and Wijnaldum out to the wing. Very familiar with that concept ourselves, with Eriksen being shoved out left continuing to struggle and for me I, I i don't think he's undroppable anymore uh, he he didn't start in this last match obviously we had a lot of rotation but we played tom carroll on the left and then it kind of turned out to be della ali on the left uh which is kind of why i was saying you should borrow one of our midfielders because we have entirely too many i think bentaleb five years from now will probably be the second best midfielder out of this group uh just because i i think I had confidence that Della Ali would be very good. I think I talked about it in the summer. There was news coming out of Tottenham's training camp that Della Ali was the hardest trainer at the club. And obviously that had previously been Bentaleb. And all of us Tottenham fans were like, oh, he's going to be amazing. Didn't start at the very beginning of the season. We were like, oh, okay, well, maybe that was overblown. But I really think you're starting to see that. And I think it reflects in Poch's kind of ethos that that one-to-one correlation of how hard you train is how much you'll play. Um... But Bentaleb can't find a way into this side. Dembele has been who we thought we were signing from Fulham uh, for the first time since... It's great when he has these little oh, resurgences. It's so great. All and thinking he's actually <laughs> but he has been so good. Um, he must be in a contract year or something, is he? He's not, no. But, he, must uh, due, he must be due an extension <laughs> or something. He really wants to make that Euro side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although he's, he's an absolute staple of, of the Belgian side for some reason. Uh, but even when he was struggling. But... Um, so yeah, it's been very pleased with Dembele. Dyer's undroppable because he just sits in front of the back two and waves a Matumbo finger at them. Uh, seven listeners just got that reference. I got um, that one. Yes! <laughs> um, uh, so all three of them are undroppable, which is why we're pushing Ericsson out left. But Ericsson is our third best player out left when we have players like Chadley and Son both waiting in the wings mm-hmm. trying to play their actual position, which like you were saying with Wijnaldum, it's, it's limiting both Ericsson and the side. And uh, I was I was talking to Dave a little bit earlier, and uh, we were talking about how this run that Tottenham have gone on has largely been without Ericsson, because he hasn't been contributing, he hasn't been able to run into space. What people are doing is what they used to do to Bale. I'm not saying Ericsson is Bale at all. Don't tweet me that. Um, but they're just putting two men on him and using the sideline as a third option, and then they're saying beat us with everyone else. Fortunately, because Dembele's performing, because Ali's performing, and Lamela, by the way, is looking great. Uh, yeah. after I had pretty much written him off, having Pochettino trust in him. We talked about it a little bit in the summer, which was Daniel Levy had arranged a sale of Eric Lamela, and one of the most encouraging things about Tottenham is before he stamped that move, 
He called down to Pochettino, who said no, and Levy listened. And I think that a player like Eric Lamela, who has been so... Um, I don't know if unstable is the right word. I mean, it's not. But uh, temperamental, I suppose. Having your manager put his neck out on the line for you like that, I think really helped. As well as, obviously, the training he's learning every week. Very young players still adapting to the Premier League. But I think that that show of faith really pushed him to where he is now. Where, with Erickson being ineffective, Lamela has been our best creator. Della Ali can create for himself, but Lamela is really creating for everyone. And his goal at the at the weekend, not the weekend, what was that, Monday? These matches are very confusing. Um, but he swung his left foot out wide, making it look like he was going to send it across, and then he just dragged it across the keeper against Gomez, of all people. Uh, but uh, it was an excellently taken goal and really deserved, and I think has brought Lamela kind of to the fore for some fans that hadn't really caught on yet that Lamela had been... Very productive, both going forward and going back. He does have the most fouls of all Tottenham players, but he's hustling back, and he's he's doing his defensive duty as well, so very impressed with Eric Lamela. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, the, the thing is, though, yeah. Kev, like if, if we'd sat down three months ago and we'd plotted out the best Spurs eleven, like the midfield two most likely would have been Dele Ali and Bentaleb mm. with Eriksen in front, and then probably Lamela and... Probably Some, Chadley. Yeah. Or Chadley out wide. Yeah. At the moment, only Lamella is playing in the position you would have put him in because. Yeah, because Ali's playing been, further up. Yeah. Yeah, and Ericsson's been shifted to the left and Bentleb can't get in the team. And Son is, well, he was in, injured and he now he's come back and we'll, we'll see what happens. But mm. Oh, his like, back heel at the weekend, too. Oh, he, he may have been marginally player. offside, but let's not talk about it. But, like, it's. it's for Spurs finally have a squad and the problem they had under under Harry, under AVB, and last season under Pochettino was that there was no depth. Mm. So when Spurs had one injury, it was catastrophic. Now there's actual depth. There's a real squad there. So all the people that kind of slagged them off over the years for buying five players when you only needed two, well, now you're seeing you know the fruits of that because mm. there's actual depth there. There's a nice blend of their own young players the one thing I really like about Spurs, and I was talking to somebody about this the other day in relation to Liverpool, is when a player gets injured, you have a similar player to come in and take their place. Like, for example, your fullbacks, like I wouldn't rate any of them individually, but mm. Kyle Walker, if he gets hurt, you have Trippier to come in. Who looked great, by the way, on Monday. But, and, a, and a similar style of player. So you don't change the way the team plays. On the left, the same. If Rose is out, Davies plays. Similar types of players. So the, the the really intelligent thing that Spurs have done is that if a player is missing, there's another guy, it's next man up, and the style doesn't have to change. And that's a really well-built squad. So while Levy has been a coming, and, and some of the criticism, I would, you know, I would say a good 40% of it has been deserved. I do think people should have a look at the bigger picture and see that, yes, he's made some silly moves, but he's actually built a really good squad here. And as I said to you before we came on, Spurs, it, it's hard to see where they need the player, but they just they look like they're one really good player away from being legitimate title contenders. Mm, cough, bail. Um, no, but uh, <laughs> too excited. <laughs> he said he's not been the same player since he left England. I'm just saying he hasn't um, been anything close. Yeah, so he has to come back to town. He has to come back home or Zenit to see AVB who t- coached him up. But, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I totally agree with you. 
Uh, Sophie Amphiguli is a dream child of mine, but it's probably not going to happen. Uh, Demarcio linked us with Berardi about a week ago. Everybody kind of knows his track record. Then uh, <laughs> their manager this morning, Eusebio Di Francesco, <laughs> nailed it, um, mentioned that he was in London. And all Tottenham accounts ran with this. Berardi's in London. He's going to go to Tottenham. It's going to be great. And the problem with that is that the end of that quote was, uh, he's there on holiday, and the club and the player have both told me that he's just on holiday and it doesn't pertain to any move and that he's staying at Sassuolo. Uh, so, in case anybody was listening to this to hear my reaction on assigning Berardi, uh, we're not. Um, but it could happen. Okay, I'll, sh- I'll tell you who I think would be perfect for Tottenham, mm. as much as it pains me. The more I think about this, the more it makes complete sense. Mm. It's Ayose Perez. You know, you yeah. can play any of the attacking Wide forward. behind the striker. Yep. He, he provides cover for Kane. He uh, works hard. He has tremendous work rate. He'd be fabulous under Pochettino. He says that there's a relationship already with Pochettino. He said that uh, in Spain, that, that he knows Pochettino and there's a relationship mm. there. And then when we went to Spurs, he absolutely changed the game. So, you know, everything's pointing to him going to Spurs at some point. I can just see it. It just makes complete sense. Yeah, we could pull a Chelsea where a player that beat us, we go and sign so they can't do it again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would I would very much like Perez at the club. I'm assuming that he'd be in a similar price range, though, at least like 15 plus. I, I'd say you could probably get him for 15. Probably. Ooh, done. All right. Who do we call? <laughs> but uh, Mike the- Ashley. <laughs> just uh, offer him some pies or something and he'll get confused and not really know what's going on you could slip out just tell him he's like with that guy that kid there like you sure he's really a player like you know you could probably beat Ashley down to about four million if you you know well that would be delightful but unlikely but actually around that price range the player that it looks like we are actively targeting and may indeed capture would be Sandro not the former Spurs defensive midfielder, but the uh, wide forward from Barcelona. Uh, it's it, it's being reported as close to done by people that actually matter um, uh, for probably around four million, five million, uh, and it makes sense as much as Townsend is likely to be shipped out. Uh, Ng is injured for a while, and we need somebody that can kind of play dual positions. I personally haven't seen Sandro play up front. So I can't speak to his efficacy in such a position, but it makes a lot of sense. It's a low cost, uh, especially compared to Berardi, arguably a quarter of that cost. And as we've seen with players like Lamela or uh, some of the older players that have come to the club, when you come to Pochettino's setup, you have to unlearn before you learn. And Berardi is a very kind of free-spirited player that I'm not really sure would fit in as well as a player like Sandro. Very young, very used to kind of the discipline of playing in the Barcelona system. I think that that would make a lot more sense. Bring him in, Pochettino would be able to to coach him up from there and build the player out of him that he wanted. Um, and so I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Will it actually happen? Who knows? Because we're already hitting transfer rumors in December. But <clears throat> I think that would be a, a very good signing for us. Dave alluded earlier to he's not really sure where we'd bring in another player, as I mentioned uh, off-air. I think we need either a defensive midfielder or a center back, because the fact that Dyer has to cover both positions, where he's starting at defensive midfield but is also the reserve right center back, that's not ideal. We do need to bring a player in either of those positions to really shore that up. Will it happen in January? Not so sure. (laughs) Pochettino's gone on record saying that we have to be very careful 
with how we progress from here because he's finally worked the squad into what he wants it to be. So throwing people into the mix is something he's a little hesitant on. He said he wants to bring players in from England. Uh, not English players, but players that are already playing in England, uh, saying he'd take anybody from uh, the Championship or League One at the moment, which is hard to refute when the one player he brought in from those leagues was Della Ali, and that's worked a bit well. Um, but it will be interesting to see how we address all of those things. Uh, but yeah, for me, somebody... A backup striker for Harry Kane is yeah. definitely... Well, that's, that's what I was saying. I wish Jordan I had seen Rose. Sandro play up front, but... What happened to Jordan Rhodes? He was supposed to matter like three years ago. Yeah, I, I would say he's he'd be worth a gamble because I think his price is probably at an all-time low about now. He's like I think he could do similar to what Charlie Austin has done in the mm. Premier League. Um, I think he's actually a better player than Austin. And we'd actually totally create honest. chances for him, unlike what yeah, did for Austin. Yeah, I think that's all he really needs. He's just one of those. He needs the ball in front of him in the box and he'll score goals. Um, the other option, obviously, would be to go and buy Charlie Austin. Yeah. Um, who you know has proven he can score goals in the Premier League, and I think his contract's up at the end of the season it is, as well. Yeah, so. he could probably be had for like five million or less now. Yeah, so the, you know there's there's options there for Spurs. Definitely. Where, does anybody know where QPR in the Championship? We didn't talk about this at all. No, not um, very, not very high. They're, so, they're not, so it's not so it's unlikely well. they'll be able to retain him then. No, they won't be coming right. back up. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't hate Charlie Austin. I was very surprised that nobody took a chance on him. You look at place like Norwich. Were there obviously I think desperate they, didn't he goals, get injured but... right before the end of the transfer Well, we heard, we heard rumors about that, but then his representative said no, although that's what they get paid for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I was very surprised. But the fact that it was left that late to begin with was strange. When you have a player that scores that much, you'd assume I, I think, somebody would have I think it was him. a case the teams were, gonna, were waiting for the price to, to lowball QPR yeah. with a, like four or five million on deadline day, because QPR mm-hmm. were asking. Yeah, they wanted 12. Yeah. They wanted 15. So, they wanted, Charlie 15. Maybe they started at 15. <laughs> they, they were, he was our main target, and we went for Mitrovic instead because the price was just too high. Yeah. Hmm. Mitrovic probably in the long run is a better player. Oh, absolutely. But that's a broad day in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, and I think like the player, he plays a different position, but the player personality and temperament-wise that I draw comparison to in the Premier League is Arnautovic at, at Stoke. Yeah. And he's a really talented guy, but it took him whatever 18 months to really settle in probably you know find his groove in the Premier League and to rein in his aggression because he can get a yeah, little feisty and that's it to know when to be aggressive I think that's the issue with Mitrovic is that he doesn't know when to put his foot in and when to just let the ball go he's trying too hard almost I think Arnautovic was doing the same I think if if Mitrovic settles himself down I think I think I think Newcastle have a really good striker in him um, but he he's going to need to sort it out for himself. I don't think mm. that's something that can be coached to him. I think he just needs to figure it out. Another red card or two might do him the world of good. Obviously, it wouldn't do Newcastle any because <laughs> uh, you know they're they're struggling to be teams with eleven men, eleven men, never mm. mind ten. Yeah, but if if they do keep Perez, you know, like three or four years down the line, if they manage to hold on to them for that long, that could be a very very good kind of big man, little man mm. thing in a situ- in, a, in an era where it's not used well. often. Yeah. Yeah, I, That's I think, a, you have I those think two Toyban and Wijnaldum quality. The, the long term, you know, view for Newcastle is good if we keep bringing in players like that. It's just you know staying in the league. I think it's the main. Yeah, thing. and how if long we do are that, you going to keep? We will, we will progress definitely. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, well, going from there, we are going to talk about the topic, which is the easiest one to come up with, which is after match week nineteen, which is we're exactly at the halfway point of the season. 
Obviously, there have been a lot of surprises. Leicester have taken Chelsea's place and vice versa uh, in the table, where they're each where you would have expected the other one would have been. Uh, Arsenal have been very consistent for the most part. Manchester City have been struggling with injuries, etc. So, at this point, match week 19, who do you have winning the title? Then later on, we'll get to top four and who we think will be relegated. I think City are going to win the title. Mm. Um I think they just have the most quality overall. And I think at the end of the day, the cream will rise to the top. And I I just can't see beyond them. Um, I think Arsenal have a legitimate chance, but they need to spend in January. Now, Wenger has come out and said that he will, but he has to get it right. And you're also risking the fact that a player could come in, take a bit of time to settle, you know, maybe disrupt the chemistry a little bit. Um, like, don't forget, they have Alexis Sanchez to come back into that team. They have Cazorla to come back in. They have Cocaine to come back in. Um, When Jack Wilcher gets out of rehab, he'll probably be... Maybe I shouldn't say that. But um, when Jack Wilcher comes back from his um, <clears throat> injuries, uh, maybe <laughs> he'll be back in the team. So they do have players to come back, you know. So I, I, think, I think they desperately need a centre-back because they have two... I would class decent centre-backs there. I don't think either of them are particularly good, but I think Gabriel is decent. I think Mertesacker is decent, or Koscielny is decent. I think Mertesacker just looks like he may have fallen off the cliff, having teetered on the edge of it for well, a yeah, year I mean, now. When you have a player that, that is already that, hmm, has had nicely, uh, unathletic, that there when that decline starts... Yeah, <laughs> that move quicker than Per Mertesacker. Absolutely. And so when that um, decline starts for that kind of player, it can go downhill it's very quickly. I, I remember watching yeah. it with Stefan Onsho at Liverpool. Mertesacker is a better player than Onsho, but Onsho was one of those players who just had no pace. And when it, when it went for him, it literally went in about three games. Mm. So um, And it happened I, I with think, us with Fazio, who yeah, no, kept that, him that's severe to a thing, and it happened when we signed him. <laughs> yeah. They want him back now, which I'm like, yeah, do you it. Should drive him yourself he's <laughs> terrible um yeah they need a right side center back because the two decent ones they have both play on the left side they need someone on the right side if they go and they spend big on that that's going to help them defensively i think getting players fit is going to help them in midfield Giroud is having a hell of a season but you do always have that nagging thing with you him you just like, don't trust it yeah yeah and you could always do better than olivier Giroud. um so yeah, I like I think a centre back and a striker sorts them. I think and I think they become real challenges. As I said to you, Kev, I think Spurs are a legit challenger if they can add one good player, um, and maybe a couple more bits and bobs to to you know for a bit of depth. Because obviously, if if Harry Kane gets hurt tomorrow, you're screwed. Yeah. Now Jordan Rhodes isn't Harry Kane, but if he can replace the goals, I think. In some of the players you have on the bench, like Chadley and Son, you can replace all the other things that Kane brings. So Spurs are going to be in the mix. I think it's those three, but I think City will win it. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think Arsenal are going to win it myself. I think that City are just too; they can just be beaten. There's a stage where they just don't turn up, and I, I think that's maybe a managerial problem. Personally, I think that um, the two centre backs that that they have, Mangala and um, Otamendi, haven't haven't settled in the Premier League yet. There's improvements, but they both have an error in them. And you know, going going away to 
you know, playing teams like Stoke, West Ham is just a, a massive problem for them at the moment. And they just can't seem to get those wins. And I think they're not going to fall down in the big games. They're going to fall down in the, in the games they should win. Whereas Arsenal are normally good to beat the teams that they should beat. And they're doing better in the bigger games as well. For, so for that reason, I think that Arsenal are going to win the league. But I think City and Tottenham are both challengers. The problem for Spurs is that uh, the Europa League is definitely still a huge issue because that's going to take it out of them as the season progresses. And it's probably going to take away from the uh, from their title challenge. But, you know, top four is definitely on for them. But, yeah, I, I, I just think Arsenal is their year. I think Wenger will win it and he'll retire. And, yeah, it's... I just can't see. I just don't think that you're going to win it under Pellegrini. Mm. Last Kev, time, did you not send Jake out the, the guidelines for this podcast? Well, <laughs> we couldn't be nice about that. Nice <laughs> I, I mean, six I, week ban. I think. <laughs> I think Jake makes an excellent point, though. And uh, I, I kept switching back and forth between Arsenal and City for what I was going to say. And so, thankfully, now I don't have to say Arsenal because you already have. But I agree that in a largely topsy turvy year. Unfortunately for them, you know, it's happened this past week. But they had, like you said, won most of the matches they were supposed to win, and that's all you really need to do. Man City have a couple of huge losses. The mm. the four ones to, to Liverpool and Tottenham, most notably, um, where you're just like, what what's going on? They did just keep their first clean sheet of the season without Vincent Company. So if they start turning that around, then maybe, but company's out another month. I'm just I'm just worried that they're gonna they're gonna drop off. And that they're not going to want to buy too much, assuming that Guardiola is the one that takes that job in the summer. They probably don't want to bring in a whole bunch of players before that shift. So I, I could see them dropping off. I could see they're, Arsenal They're also winning, likely but... to go deep in the Champions League, I think. So yeah. That's another thing. And that's probably their objective as a club. The fans would probably love another Premier League title, but Champions League does obviously seem to be a big uh, target for them after their struggles in past years. Um, <laughs> Tottenham. Uh, no, <laughs> just, just no, it, it would be lovely. And we've talked before on the show about what makes an actual title contender. I think too much can go wrong, uh, for Tottenham in particular. The defense has been so good. You could see that slacking up a little bit and we couldn't be upset about it. Ta- at New Year's, <laughs> Tottenham have the best defensive record in the league, which is staggering. Best goal difference as well. It's, it's just one of those things where maybe it's just, uh, you know, bred into us at birth, but that, that classical uh, Tottenham pessimism where it, it's, it has to go wrong at some point. We'll have to sign Louis Saha in January and Ryan Nelson the way we did the last time we were in top four uh, at the new year. So I, I don't think we're legitimate title contenders. I think Jake made an excellent point there, which is we came into this year hoping for top six and a deep push in the Europa League. Now, we get, we have a very tough first test in Fiorentina, <clears throat> who obviously knocked us out last year. And I think that that is such a blessing in disguise, because if we don't turn up against Fiorentina, who many people aren't aware are actually decent this year, um, doing fairly well in Serie A, I think that it would be a blessing that we were knocked out of the Europa League, because we could push to win the Europa League. And arguably do it. Not saying we would. There are plenty of good teams in that competition, but we could arguably do it. If we put all of our eggs in the Premier League basket, I think that we could do it. I think that at this exact moment, not saying that's where we'll be, but at this exact moment, I think Tottenham are the fourth best team in the country. Uh, And so from there, you'd obviously be confident, like Dave said, especially if we bring in somebody that can actually impact the first team, not just depth, of pushing up. But I, I think... 
I think fourth is about as good as we're going to do, with the downside obviously being that, that fifth and sixth are still in that discussion. But right now, I think we're the fourth best team. Nobody's talking about Leicester at all? Or are we just thinking it's time for them to drop off? Maybe Vardy's been found out a little bit? I, I think they've got a chance of getting into the top four. I think that, you know, they against City, they still they were still really good and arguably could have nicked it on the night. You know, they, against Liverpool, it was only a narrow loss and their performances against the other top sides. You know, you said going into this period against Leicester, if they come out of this not being too, you know, battered and bruised, then they've got a, a chance of carrying on the form. But I, th- I think long term, definitely not the title and probably not top four. But I think they're definitely, you know, still still uh, genuine top four contenders. Yeah, they have to be pleased. And I, if my memory serves, and I really wish I had this in front of me, I think they have Bournemouth and Villa or Bournemouth and Norwich as two of their next three. Yeah, so, yeah, I think that's right. So, yeah, they've, they've gotten past that that long list that we looked at for so long where it was like eight <laughs> eight in a row against last year's like top ten. Um, but, yeah, I do think Leicester have stuck up well for themselves. There are stats out there that they can't finish below fourth based on their current point tally, uh, but I suppose only time will tell on that. It's a very handy segue to the other teams that will finish top four. For me, obviously, I have uh, City and Arsenal up there as the title contenders. Third place is interesting. I think Leicester could still stay up there. I think if United bring in Mourinho, they could have a vault, especially if they sell Mata, because Mourinho just hates that man for some reason. Uh, I don't know who they'd bring in. <clears throat> Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, no, okay, I can't say that. I was like, well, Tottenham could be third. I don't know. Dave, you mentioned you think Liverpool have could, could get top four. Is that is that a thing that you are fairly confident in? Yeah, absolutely. The league is terrible. It's it's the worst Premier League it's ever been. <laughs> oh, um, actually, I'm I'm gonna steal that from you real quick because uh, saw a stat earlier, which is that the league leaders right now, Arsenal, have the fewest points as league leaders at the new year since 2001 when Arsenal won the title. Uh, it currently lines up with Tottenham's pace of 70 points on the season. Can you tell me which team finished fourth in the 2001-2002 season? Liverpool, Newcastle. Could be Newcastle. Oh, yeah, was it was. Oh, we finished fourth was. in 2000, 2001. Yeah, you finished second. Arsenal finished yeah, first. We finished uh, second. So, yeah. That's, what, that's when we mattered. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you won mattered. Um, but, yeah, so Tottenham on pace with that. And to your point, very, very weird season. Very low points being earned. Everybody has a chance. Do you, do you think you have to make a move, or do you think that it's kind of dependent on Serge's health for, for Liverpool's chances? Um, I think it. It depends on Sturridge's health. If we don't make a move, I think if we do make a move, then we can move on from Sturridge. Um, again, like take Benteke out of the Liverpool team, and this Liverpool team will score a lot more goals than they score with him in the team. He has a rare ability to make everybody else around him really bad. Um, <laughs> he, he's like, like I can't even count the amount of one on ones he's had this year and missed them. Like another pathetic one tonight. The one against Leicester was just laughable. Um, he had one against City. Like, he just doesn't offer anything to the team. He scores tap-ins, and that's great. But he's not offering anything to the team, and we're struggling to score when he's on the pitch. Um, I, I I think we can get top four. I, I think Leicester will fall away. I don't care what, you know, what history says about Leicester finishing top four because they were top at Christmas. I, I genuinely don't care. Um, I've seen a team this year who... I think their wage bill is about the 16th or 17th in the Premier League, be top of Christmas, when history suggests that, you know, they'll finish 16th or 17th in the league. 
So none of that really matters in this season. Um, this the, the league is all over the place. It's, it's it's really hard to describe what the Premier League is this year. Like it's a mess. Foreigners and, would call it shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know it is. It's it's shit. Like let's be honest. Um, it's it's at best the third best league in Europe, and that's kind of been mean to Syria and and Ligue 1. But um, no, there's no reason Liverpool can't finish fourth. I think we need we've got a lot of work to do. But you know we won tonight. We're five points off Spurs. I think now, and all the top teams have to come to Anfield in the second half of the season. Oh, we really? played everybody away, hmm. so we we have a favourable run um, in the second half of the season. So yeah, I think we'll I think we'll get fourth. I think I think it'll be City top, Arsenal second, Spurs third, and Liverpool fourth. Well, what a day that podcast would be, uh, Jake. You have any disagreements there? Um, yeah, I think I think it's between. Um, I think Arsenal and City they're stapled in the top four. They they definitely get it and get, uh, getting in the top four. I think. Yeah, I think they're one it, and two it, yeah, regardless. Yeah. yeah. I think the other the other two spots are between Liverpool, Spurs, Manchester United, and Leicester. As much as much as Leicester are probably going to fall away, you have to include them at the moment. And it as bad like as Dave was saying, the league is terrible, and there is no reason why like a team like Palace or Stoke can't even be in this discussion right now. Cause yeah, and Watford there. is still up there in the table. Yeah, as well. exactly. And if any, if it's going to be any year for any, uh, one of those clubs to get in, it is this year. But I, I think ultimately, I think. I don't think Liverpool are going to get in the top four. I don't. I don't think their squad's good enough. As, as bad as Manchester United are, that there's when everybody is fit, they do keep clean sheets and they do nick goals. So I think, it's. I think it's going to be Arsenal first, Manchester City second, Spurs third, and Manchester United fourth. I really hate that everybody's saying Spurs third because now we're going to finish seventh or something crazy. Uh, but yeah, I. I. I think those are all. Excellent points. What do you think the upside is for Manchester United? Uh, first of all, is everybody assuming that Van Gaal's still gone? No, I, I think he's going to stay. I think he's... interesting. I think he's. I think he's safe. Hmm. Yeah, unless he quits. He I, I would. I would say anymore. that if they keep Van Gaal, that they're the team that drops out. Honestly, I, I think that, no, that that has become just untenable. I don't think it matters who they bring in. I don't think that's. I thought they were nailed on for top four, but the more I watched them play, like Rooney dire. is terrible, yeah. terrible. They, the Pi can't play with other players. Rooney was falling off. Rooney fell off that cliff with Murtasacker holding yeah. hands. <laughs> Maybe Murtasacker was using him as a cushion for when he fell. <laughs> um, you, you say they can keep clean sheets. They they haven't looked like keeping clean sheets in the last couple of games. Um, they've had a lot of injuries. They have, but that, yeah. that's that's the Premier League. You're going to have injuries. They've moved the defense around. They don't have, like they don't have a squad. Like I know you said Liverpool's squad's not great, and I agree. Yeah. But United lost their left back, and that caused them to make three changes in defense. They moved Daly Blind from left side centre back, where he was playing really well, to left back. They moved Chris Smalling from right side centre back, where he was playing really well, to left side centre back, and he's been terrible since moving across. Mm. And they brought in Phil Jones, so one injury made them lo- move three players. And they've looked shocking. Well, arguably four, because Blint was also in the in the midfield at the beginning. Yeah, so. exactly. And then you look at the, like they're playing Ashley Young at right back. Yeah, that's not a team that's keeping clean sheets, and they haven't like. Let's be honest about this. They've not been playing good teams of late. I know they played Chelsea, but Chelsea aren't a good team at the minute. Yeah. Stoke are okay. Norwich are poor. 
who else they play? Bournemouth. Like mm. these poor teams. These are not yeah. good teams. These are, what, not was playing. the Bournemouth the two nil? Yeah, yeah, two two one Bournemouth wasn't it? Two one Bournemouth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fellaini. Like, no, they're not oh, looking right. like keeping clean sheets, and they're not looking like scoring either. Mm. Um, Memphis doesn't look like he cares. Martial, I think it's he's, he's almost trying this... too hard. He has to. Yeah, they're relying but... on a nineteen-year-old to carry yeah, their it's attack. Too, too much, too soon. Like he can he, be a he, great player. He's but... going exactly. He is going to be a great player. Right now, he's just a kid, mm. and he and you get those flashes like there. you do with young yeah. players. Yeah. Um, Mata does nothing around him, so he's a, he's a player who gets better with the players around him. Mm. Um, not seeing it from him. Rune Why do you think terrible. that midfield hasn't worked in in any because combination of Carrick, Schneiderlin, Schneiderlin and Herrera has. Worked. I love Herrera. I love Herrera. Schneiderlin so and as a Herrera player. works really well, but he won't play them because he thinks he has to play Schweinsteiger, mm. and because he thinks he has to play Michael Carrick, and. Neither of them can run anymore. And while they're both great when they have the ball, United aren't controlling games at the minute, so they don't have the ball. Um, I don't know. Like uh, with them, I just I don't see how it turns around for them unless Rooney catches fire. But not, yeah, Rooney's been god awful for that's, how that's long? No, Rooney's it's not exactly for years now, and and he's been awful since he got that big contract. He got that contract and he basically retired in his head. <laughs> and he's been garbage since for England and United. It's and so he's... sad that right now you you know Rain Rooney's starting the Euros. Like that's yeah. the saddest thing. Like he shouldn't be, but he's, he's getting England's. <laughs> he is England's. I would say fourth best striker on current form when everybody's fit. Now Sturridge is the question mark. He doesn't get. He doesn't stay fit very often. But England's two best strikers are Sturridge and Kane. Mm. And then Vardy, and personally, if you were to give me the option of Berahino or Rooney for the rest of the season, I would take Berahino because mm. at least I know what I'm getting from him. I know and you get positional flexibility. That isn't yeah. when Rooney at attacking pace. midfield, which he isn't actually that good at. Yeah, so I don't know. Like I just look at United and I think, like if they change managers now, I don't think they're going to get Mourinho because I think he's going to want to come in in the summer. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's going to take some time off. I think if he comes back, it'll be in the summer. Um, I also think he's going to wait and see what options he has because just all this talk. Benitez is going to be under back. a lot of fire. Yeah. yeah. Now, I it'd be very strange if he went back to Real, given all the players that are there that were there when he <laughs> left hate him. Like, yeah. But um, maybe Ronaldo will leave and that will change. But um, or build a Tottenham, it's just, right? It's really strange <laughs> with United as to what they're doing or, or what's going to happen. They're going to spend but... money, though, aren't they? They, they will spend They money. have to, but how much will do they, they spend? Though? They spend $200 have they million gonna, over have the last two years. they're going to throw another 50 or $60 million after this guy when he's had all this money to spend and nothing to show for it? Like, like what, what player has he signed that's in that team that you would look at and say, do you know what, that's a really good boy. He's playing really well. There's none of them. There's a few that might be good. Daily blend yeah. at Leicester centre back was really good, but Rojo disaster. Darmian's been injured. Schweinsteiger Schweinsteiger disaster. Um, Schneidlin doesn't get his game most weeks. Mm. Like the, 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 I, the I two young attackers, a young attackers. They're going to be good, I think. But they are. They'll be good in two, three years. But yeah, they're like, not now. Yeah. Martial and Depay aren't helping United at the minute. And like, like when you see Ashley Young playing right back after that kind of expenditure you've really got to ask some questions yeah absolutely i mean come on like yeah he's terrible (laughs) 
All right, well, um, we are quickly running out of time, not because of... <laughs> can, can we yeah. all just quickly agree that Aston Villa are getting relegated? Yes. Yeah, I think who, who are, quickly, who are your other two? Uh, Sunderland are going down. Large Sam is not saving them. I think they should go down just for pointing Big Sam. Yep. Um, Did you see that tweet that was like, uh, Liverpool paid $35 million to finally kick Aston Villa out of the Premier League? <laughs> 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 For those that don't um, know, that's a reference to uh, Benteke. <laughs> Benteke, yeah. Um, I don't. I I genuinely don't know about the other one. I think Norwich might get dragged back into it. Yeah. Bournemouth might get dragged back. If Norwich into played it. their best eleven every week, they'd be fine. But they I, keep I you, they keep messing with it, and I don't understand why. How how Cameron the, Jerome starts ahead of Dia Mercy and yeah, Bacani, I, it blows my mind. He, he shouldn't be a Premier League football player anymore. He's not. <laughs> Swansea, if they don't sort the managerial situation soon. Yeah, how long has that gone on? Is, is drag, that almost a month now? into it because, like, they don't look they don't look like there's any plan. Mm. I thought the monk the move to get rid of Monk was a poor one. Yeah. The, this process of replacing him is is a Make farce. Yeah. Like you don't replace a manager mid season unless you've already tapped up the guy you're going to replace him with. Right. We had we had Klopp agreed to t- to take the job before Rogers, you know, was told he's getting sacked. Yeah. Swansea's owner is flying all over the world to meet managers. <laughs> he's flying over who... the world chasing Bielsa. <laughs> yeah, that's like yeah. like what do you think is going to happen when this guy with a history of instability comes to your club? That when you you're in a year private... where you have to have stability with all the Premier League yeah. money coming, a-, a club that you have built on the basis of stability. Yeah. The manager can change, but everything else stays the same. This guy is going to come in, and it, like I really hope they get him because I just think it'd be hilarious to have him in the Premier League. I would love to have him versus Poch, obviously with Poch being mm. one of his key people. I, I think him versus Klopp could be very interesting on the yeah. sideline as well. <laughs> I think him versus Pulis might be good. Um, I'd, I'd actually I can't even to, imagine it. I'd be willing to slip him a knife before that game just to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, uh, Jake, who, who are your bottom three? Well, uh, an interesting uh, stat for you. Um, the bottom three at New Year never all go down. So mm. that, that gives me hope because Sunderland and Villa are both down. So yep. that means we're not. But yeah, I don't know. I think this year could be the year it changes. If, from my Newcastle supporting hat, I think it's going to be the three in there right now because I'm massively pessimistic about Newcastle right now. But from a neutral point of view, I think Norwich and Bournemouth, only three points above it. And I, I don't think they're, you know... I think both of them could get dragged into it, and I think ultimately, Bournemouth with you know their squad, you, you have to say that with so they, much they've they, lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Jake, Although they will quick, get Elphick back in January, which could be a huge boost. Jake, hmm. quick yes or no? Would you take David Moyes to replace McLaren right now? Yes. <laughs> nice, solid. Uh, yeah, for me and uh, my relegation teams, I have Sunderland, Aston Villa, and Norwich. And I even like Alex Neal. I just don't know what he's doing or why mm. he refuses to play his 11 best players. Because you were talking about Newcastle's depth. I'd say Norwich, well, okay, that's a lie. They probably have nine Premier League players. And mm. Redmond and Houlihan are entirely serviceable for that team. I like Robbie Brady. I think Johnny Housen is incredibly underrated. And then Bocani can yeah. score goals. I, I, I just don't know what they're doing. I think that that ineptitude, and it might be coming from on high. It genuinely might. 
who he's meant to be playing. Because I, I rate the manager higher than what he's doing. I could just be wrong. That's the other option. But I doubt it. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be Norwich. I, I just have this weird, like, Rudy-esque feeling about Bournemouth. Um, that they're going to start I getting people back. And, you know, bringing in uh, a player like a Turbe, I think could really help turn things around for them. That's the craziest Yeah, I know, it's the weirdest thing. Years. But, uh, you know, replacing... Um, oh, man, my mind just entirely went. Who was a wide player that they brought in that was going to... Max uh, Cradle? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he got hurt, obviously, very early on. So they get him back there, or they get him in. Tommy Elphick is their club captain. He should be back sometime in January. I think that could be a really good bolstering. And uh, I think all of us like Eddie Howe, right? Because we're all football fans, and Eddie Howe's great. So. Yeah. I, I think a, Howe... a team is going to bomb from the top half. I think a team like West Ham or West Brom are going to bomb. So <laughs> it's not West Ham. They my... get Pyatt back a month earlier than they thought they would. Yeah, I think it'll be West Brom. I think they'll Oof, collapse. That's, that's a good they... shout, especially if uh, Ron Don continues to not score, which is very mm. strange because I, I really the, rate if, him. You know, and if they lose Berahino. Hush Berahino at the door, like... Because yeah. God knows what you need a goal a scorer, horse. and you're getting rid of the one you have. But... Yeah, he's he'd buy a cart horse to replace him. Like, yeah. so weird. Uh, okay, and then uh, very quickly, we'll just do uh, if you're going to win or not this week. West Ham versus Liverpool. Yes. Cool. Arsenal versus Newcastle. No. Everton versus Tottenham. Two-two draw. Lukaku and Kane both with two. It seems written. In the stars. Alright, thanks so much for joining us, guys. This one's probably going to be a little bit shorter because it is the holidays, but we want to thank Dave and Jack for coming on anyway, uh, despite probably prior family obligations. But uh, if you have any projects you'd like to plug, feel free to do so now. Um, yeah, I today me and Steve Gennaro recorded the last ever episode of The Happy Hour. That's out on the Anfield Index. Um, I've got a new podcast coming to replace that in the new year. My main show is All in Sports Talk. That Again, that's me and Steve. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at All in Sports Talk and check out the website allinsportstalk.com. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, you can get my stuff on EPL Index and there should be something going on about, uh, going off about Alan Pardew and whether he should be linked with top jobs after uh, Steve Parrish said something about uh, he's welcome to go to Real Madrid, <laughs> which is just hilarious. Which I... And, if you've if you've heard my views on Pardew before, I'm actually quite nice to him in this, and I'm saying that he should be considered for stuff. But yeah, anyway, check that out, and you can uh, get me on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two ends. Yeah, I am your host Kevin DeVries at Kevroff on Twitter. I talk about the Premier League over on the show that Dave mentioned earlier, All in Sports Talk. Uh, I also write for blog.playtaga.com and theeaglesbeak.com about fantasy football. Host the fantasy football show, which goes up on Thursdays, as well as this show that goes up on Fridays and Mondays. So be sure to check those out. And in this case, you probably already have. So uh, thanks so much for joining us, guys. It's been a pleasure as always, and we hope you keep listening. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.